to stream or not to stream? That is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of the music business, or to take arms against the sea of troubles and by opposing end rock music as we know it. Heed these words. Support your favorite band, no matter the obstacle that stands before you. Growing up rock. Now, crank that shit up! Shakespeare, how you doing? You you doing all right tonight? Uh, I feel well read now. <laughs> to stream or not to stream, huh? That's the very question that ponders your existence here on this earth for this evening of growing up rock recording, is it? Yeah, leave it up to me to be 50 years old and finally read some Shakespeare and change the words. Yeah, <laughs> and probably flub up a bunch of the words too while you're at it, huh? Exactly. I practiced it like 18 times. All right. So you may or may not have noticed the uh, intro song there uh, was uh, Analog Man from Accept. And uh, I thought like that would be a fitting song for the topic that was at hand tonight, which is all about our existence with streaming services and Spotify and of course, you went above and beyond and dug out a bunch of numbers. I, I meant to tell you, man, you you really, you seriously, you got a problem, dude. <laughs> I'm a numbers nerd. I, I'm a analytical and problem solver by nature. So whenever there's numbers involved, there's a story to be told. Yeah, but bro, you actually have a serious problem. Now, see, here's the difference between you and I. Numbers hurt my head. They give me headaches. I don't really like them that much. Unless it comes to money, then I'm really good about money. However, if you throw a bunch of cards on the ground, I can't stand to let them sit there. I have to pick them up and organize them. That's my tick. I can't stand to see stuff scattered around. Like my desk has to be in order. You throw shit on the ground, I can only stand to look at it so long before I have to pick it up. Yeah, I'm hit and miss on that OCD, but numbers, uh, like I'm that guy... You know, they'll announce uh, so-and-so just got five years, $183 million plus a $20 million signing bonus. I got to sit there and do the math. 
All right, so we we both got uh, problems and ticks. That's obvious, and uh, we're both in basements uh, of our parents' house, and that's obvious because we have a podcast. Uh, we both haven't seen the light of the day in uh, two to three years. We're both. Pe- oh wait, never mind. That's. Uh, I was thinking of other friends of ours. Never mind. <laughs> nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. So listen, uh, what, what's been going on with you this week? What do you got new to share? Anything? Uh, no, nothing really. I'm just, just working and listening to a lot of music lately. Yeah, anything piqued your interest? Anything that's sitting with you? I like some of the new stuff. Like I already have probably 10 or 11 albums that I think can make my top 10 by the end of the year. And then there's some stuff that I listened to. I'm just like, what the hell is that? Like Axe released a new album. It was not good. No, I listened to that myself. It was funny because I couldn't remember. Like I'd heard of that band in the past, but I don't remember why I did or didn't like them. I didn't own anything by them. So I went and checked it out. And here's what uh, I thought of when I listened to it. I thought of a Southern white snake, but not good. It just reminded me of a Southern white snake band with too heavy on the keyboards and not enough guitar in the mix for me i didn't enjoy it that much either i felt the exact same way yeah what's missing you know because we listen to a ton of music now and you know we both like different music people already know that but for me at times the melody is missing so like the act stuff the courses are not great right so all i can keep thinking is man you need like a you need a Ron Nevison or a Holly Knight or somebody to help you like write catchy courses because the riffs are cool, the music's cool, the voice is cool. Like you're just missing that like one thing. And then all of a sudden you start thinking about, oh, that's why the 80s and 90s have such great music because it's hooky. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, I went and saw The Who the other night. And I know that you're not a big fan of this really older classic rock. Uh, and you can kind of take it or leave it. But for me, you have the big four in thrash. I think you have the big four in British rock. And that's Zeppelin, The Who, The Stones, and The Beatles. I mean, those are the big four rock, re- regardless of how you feel. You can lump Queen into that. But I think that the other four I mentioned are a little bit bigger. And so when I look at that, I'm never going to see Zeppelin live. Never going to see the Beatles live. Might have a chance to see like McCartney or Ringo Starr or something. I might be able to still see the Stones live, but time's ticking on that one. So this was one opportunity that I wanted to take advantage of. I got a $20 ticket. You can't beat that. It was a nosebleed ticket, but I moved myself right down above the floor, probably three rows off the floor and close to the stage. I just, you know, I used my Jedi mind trick and just kind of walked down there, found open seats and and got in them. I watched the show from that location. They had a 72-piece orchestra playing music with them. They had Zach Starkey on drums, which is Ringo Starr's son. They were great. Daltrey and Townsend didn't skip a beat. Daltrey sounded great. Townsend sounded great. They did, you know, the majority of the hits. It was really good. I enjoyed it. For 20 bucks, can't beat that. Live rock and roll from those guys. I thought it was a good experience, you know? So we do a lot of like personality tests and that kind of stuff, partly for classes, partly to, you know, refine your leadership style, that kind of shit. 
and you know you score from a zero to a hundred and and certain things. Tradition, I scored a zero because I just don't care. So you say the who, I go why and what? <laughs> you know, I, if I had a choice between seeing Eclipse or the Who, I choose Eclipse. If I got a choice between seeing Battle Beast and the Who, I choose Battle Beast. If I got a choice to see Restrained or the Who, I choose Restrained. I just don't care. Yeah, and for me, I'm a little bit more of a historian. I like the history of rock, uh, and I think it's cool to take part in some of these things. And if I generally like the music, like I wouldn't go see somebody just because, like if I had no interest in the Who's music, I wouldn't go see them just because they're one of the big four British bands because then it's just uncomfortable for me. And then I am just going to see it from a tradition standpoint. But if I generally like the music, then I'm going to go do that. Uh, But I had a good time. I had a good time talking to some of the people that were there going to see the band. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed the 72-piece orchestra. It's quite cool. That's the first time I've ever seen that kind of a setup with uh, the band and the orchestra. I haven't, you know, had a chance to see that live. Of course, there's been lots of bands to do that, but that's the first time I got to see it live. And I thought it was cool, you know, really stripped down show. There was no big light show and no big stage production. It was just the band and the 72 piece orchestra. And that's what it was. And uh, it sounded great. All right, so tonight's subject is Spotify, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes along with that. Streaming services, we should say, but primarily we're focused on Spotify. We're going to be sharing a lot of the numbers that Sonny did work with, our personal experiences, various things we agree, disagree with, whatever. We're going to play some great rock and roll, and to get us kicked off... It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. So the Crank It Up Spotlight, we are going to play the newest release from Eclipse. Eclipse has a new record coming out on October 11th called Paradigm. If you know this show or you know Sonny and I, we love Eclipse from Sweden. And they have released three singles off the latest record so far. They released United... Viva something or other. I can't remember the name of the tune right now. And this latest song called Mary Lee. For me, Mary Lee is probably my favorite of the three songs they've released so far. So check out Mary Lee from Eclipse off the upcoming record Paradigm.
Yeah, so that record is coming out three days before my birthday. It's a nice little birthday present. I like all three songs they've released so far, including Viva La Victoria that you couldn't remember. Yeah, thank and, you. And uh, I would agree Mary Lee is the best out of the three so far. Yeah, you know, they just lost one of the Manguses. So the bass player, Mangus, is now gone. I saw an announcement from the band saying that he had left the band and they wished him all the best, but they were bringing in a new bass player, uh, which, you know, that's too bad and a little bit uh, odd, but it is what it is. So now Eclipse is down to one Mangus. Is it Mangus or Magnus? No, it's Magnus. I was just having fun. (laughs) (laughs) no it's magnus eric i'm sorry i'm sorry eric you know i just like having fun it's either potato or potato tomato or tomato mangus or magnus and no of course it's magnus we made a big deal out of that uh, the last time so the bass player magnus is gone they're going to get a new guy we're down to one magnus that's the guitar player magnus but an amazing band. I love Eclipse. So make sure you go check out that new record paradigm when it comes out on October 11th, of course, on Frontiers Records. There's your plug, Frontiers. You owe me money. All right, let's get into this. Okay, so streaming. I got to be honest. I, I fought and fought streaming under the moniker of I'm going to buy physical product. I'm going to support the bands the way music should be supported. It's wrong to stream. They're getting screwed. The problem is the bands are making it harder and harder to buy physical product. At times, there is no physical product available. So I've kind of relegated to my favorite bands. I will buy physical product because I want to support them. But then when it comes to a band that I don't really know or I'm just kind of testing out, or I just want to check them out real quick because they're new, I pretty much go to streaming now. And Spotify has been my choice because that's what my kids wanted. But I know there's other streaming services out there. But I know you're mostly a Spotify user too, right? Yeah, so I told you, I took advantage of the free three-month deal that all the streaming services offered. So I tried Apple. I tried Amazon. I tried Pandora, I tried Spotify was the fourth one. So I compared the four services. I tried them each at different times. For me, Spotify, and Spotify is not the cheapest. It's the same price for Spotify as it is for Apple. But Amazon, with Amazon Prime membership, Amazon was only $7.99. But I tried all of them, and for me... They both had things that I liked and didn't like, but overall, Spotify was really, really good at saying, you like this band, try this band. Spotify was almost dead on all the time with that. And so I really, really liked Spotify's algorithms, I guess you could call it. That's what I enjoyed most about it. So I went back to Spotify because they were the first one that I tried out. I went through the other services and came back to Spotify. So for me, it just works best. Yeah, the kids, because I asked the kids, you know, do you want to try like Tidal or Google Play or SoundCloud? And the kids were like, everybody in high school is pretty much listening to Spotify. And when I looked at some of the numbers, that doesn't surprise me because there's a number out there that says 
Spotify reaches half of all of the 16 to 24-year-olds in the U.S. each week. That is an incredible number. Yeah, it's crazy, you know, and I use Spotify essentially like a listening room, like you would use a listening room. If I like it enough, I'll go and I'll purchase that stuff. So that's pretty much what I do. Yeah, the way I've been listening, because there's questions about how do you listen to all this new music that comes out? And one of the ways I do it is in the morning when I'm getting ready, right? So I'll be upstairs, you know, shaving or whatever. I've got Echo going. I've got the Bluetooth on my phone going, and I'm on Spotify. And I'll put on the new album from X artists like Axe, right? Hit the first song to play. And then as I'm getting ready, if I don't like the song, I just say Alexa next, and it just goes to the next song. So I can listen to a whole album in a matter of minutes if I don't like some of the stuff. Yeah, that's exactly what I do, or I do it on my walks. Yeah, so it's it's been good for me. You know, I I just pushed it away for so long, and the reality is is that I was sick of starting to use YouTube because a lot of the time on YouTube you can't find exactly what you want, and then sometimes you get a live version and it doesn't sound right, and I don't know how somebody's putting the music there, so sometimes it doesn't sound great or if you're getting the original recording on Spotify it always sounds good too so it's a necessary evil I think
Yeah, I mean, the nice thing about Spotify is they have the, a lot of the remastered copies that they use, which, uh, to your point, they sound really good when they do that. And the cool thing about Spotify is I get the free Hulu subscription. Uh, it's with commercials, but it's a free Hulu subscription with my subscription to Spotify. So it's just kind of a nice little extra bonus for me. Yeah, I think the other nice thing about Spotify is you can, like, as you like songs, no matter what artist they're from, you can just click on that little heart button and it saves it for you. So you never have to find it again. Right. And if you download some of the songs, you can listen to it offline. So that's really cool because then it works just like your phone with iTunes. It's no different. Yep. There are just so many advantages that it's crazy not to try it. Now, I will tell you that if you've never tried a streaming service, no matter how great any streaming service tells you they are, including Spotify, there's core albums that our listeners listen to that are not available on Spotify. Like Badlands' first album isn't available on Spotify. So there's some things you can't get. So this whole thing about, oh, everything's available, that's a crock of shit because that's not true. Yeah, no, I think that there are a few hiccups with record companies and things like that, but uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I've found things that I own that just aren't available on Spotify. And to the flip of that, I find stuff on Spotify that I didn't even know existed. Like, you know, like a live album or or something where the band put out an album in some off year. And I was like, when the hell did this come out? You know, so I find stuff all the time that I'm like, I had no idea about this. Yeah, and then there's weird stuff that's not there. Like, for some reason, the other day, I had that song, Prisoner of Love, that Foreigner song stuck in my head. Mm -hmm. But it's only available on that Foreigner's Greatest Hits that got released, like, in the early 90s. Yeah. That album isn't available on Spotify. Yeah. So it's just weird. Yeah. So why don't you uh, share a little bit of Spotify's history with us? So Spotify was founded in April of 2006, Stockholm, Sweden. It technically launched officially in October 7th of 2008. As of last month, 232 million users with 108 million of those being paid subscribers. So I was a free user for a long time. The problem with free use is you can only skip so many times, I think a day, I think it's a day, and then you get a lot of commercials in the middle of it. But if you subscribe, you don't have to worry about any of that. And you can download all the songs you want. You can skip as much as you want. My kids, when I told them that we were going to go to a family subscription, you would have thought I bought them a brand new, like, pony. Like, they were so <laughs> excited. I, I couldn't believe it. Right? For $15 a month, that's well worth it. You know, one thing that occurred to me the other day, Sonny, as we do this podcast, is the podcast that we're producing every week is essentially a history book. Uh, and what I mean by that is somebody can come and listen to this podcast 50 years from now uh, and not know the first thing about some of this stuff that's going on. So each week we're kind of documenting things in our lives and things that are going on out in the world, so on and so forth. And so we're here and we're talking about Spotify and streaming services to somebody who may come listen to this 30 years from now, you know, this is kind of like listening to somebody when they first invented the computer or the Walkman 
for me, when, when we used to listen to music, you started out and we either had the AM radio or we had a 45 or an album and you had to listen at your house on a thing. Then it graduated to cassettes and you could buy a Walkman and a tape recorder and you could walk around with a boom box and play your music anywhere. And then it got smaller with the MP3s and then everything moved to the phone and you still could only take what you downloaded from your computer that you owned. You know, now we're at this point where you can pull up just about any song that's out there and take it with you anywhere you want to go, even in the middle of an ocean on a cruise ship. You know, I mean, it's, it is quite impressive, the progression of music throughout the decades uh, and what it means to us today. Yeah, you're absolutely right, because when cassettes and CDs were around and we were doing Walkmans, you'd have to carry all these CDs around with you. And what are you going to carry, 50 CDs with you? Like, you can't carry 500 CDs, right? But now, I've got access to millions of songs by hundreds and thousands of artists, and I don't got to carry anything but my phone. It's just unbelievably ridiculous, and it seems like those days were forever ago, Those days were less than 30 years ago. Yeah, that's what's crazy. I like to watch some of the uh, shows like the 2000s and stuff like that that are on like History Channel and A&E and stuff. And, you know, they show like uh, the first launch of the iPhone or the iPod rather before the iPhone and just different things like that. And it seems like it was forever ago, but you're absolutely right. It wasn't that long ago. When you look at it, you look at the dawn of the 2000s. I mean, was 19 years ago, you know? Yeah, that's crazy.
age demographic wise, like we already kind of talked about, Spotify reaches half of all of the 16 to 24 year olds in the U.S. each week. And then 55% of all the people who listen to Spotify were born 1985 or later. So, you know, there's a huge millennial Gen Z population listening to Spotify. Yeah, that's interesting. And that's why your buddy Ed Sheeran, is that how you say it? How do you say his last name? Yeah, Ed Sheeran. Is that how it is? So Shape of You, that song, was the first song ever to hit 2 billion listens. 2 billion with a B? B. Jesus Christ. Today, he has 67.9 million monthly listeners around the world. So a monthly listener is somebody unique that has listened to you in the last 28 rolling days. It updates every day at 3 p.m. Eastern. Okay? So to give you an idea, because I'm stupid, so yesterday at 2.29 Eastern, I wrote down how many monthly listeners KISS had, how many monthly listeners Extreme had, and how many total listens more than words the original version had. Then at 3.01 p.m. today Eastern, I looked at it again. KISS lost 1,900 listeners just yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> Extreme gained 12,169 listeners just yesterday. And in 24 hours, more than words had 221,000 extra listens. That is crazy. So how, how do we feel? How accurate are the numbers? I think the numbers are real because what they're doing is the monthly listener only counts if you're unique and you're within the last 28 days. If you listen offline, when you connect back into Spotify, so let's say you're back on the Wi-Fi or whatever, right? Or if you're back on just data, then anything you listen to offline counts. So every time a song is listened to, it counts as long as you listen to at least 30 seconds of it. Every unique listener, every 28 days. So I would say the numbers are real. So just to give context to the numbers, right? So you just talked about somebody like Ed Sheeran's got 67 million monthly listeners, 67 uh, and change million listeners each month. The closest thing that resembles rock and roll to that would be Queen at 31,900,000. The second largest next to Ed Sheeran in terms of well, I guess this is sort of a uh, filtered list would be, uh, and this one's for you, uh, Aaron Camaro, Imagination Dragons. Imagine. There's no imagination. <laughs> yeah, I, I know that, but I, I like to have fun with Aaron Camaro because he calls them Imagination Dragons, and every time he calls them that, it makes me laugh. Yeah. So, yeah, Imagine Dragons at $33 million. So nobody's even coming close to... Ed Sheeran. Not in the rock genre, right? And to my kids, Imagine Dragons is rock. To me, that's not rock. But like if you were to look at the hard rock, ACDC is probably the closest at 17 million. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily even consider Ed Sheeran rock and roll. I consider him adult contemporary maybe. Yeah, Yeah, ACDC at 17 million and their former lead singer Axl Rose right below at 16 million. It's just amazing to me that a band like Guns N' Roses, when you think about it, they've really only had three albums. 
I mean, yeah, they've had like, you know, lies and Chinese democracy and you can count spaghetti incident and stuff like that. But let, let's be honest, they've had three albums, Appetite and Use Your Illusions 1 and 2. There you go. But they're that high up on the list. They're competing with bands like ACDC and the Rolling Stones and Aerosmiths. They're competing with these bands that have much more extensive catalogs, in my opinion, right? Yeah, but I think part of it has to do with Guns N' Roses is out there touring, yeah. right? And I, the touring, it, it matters. So since we're talking about Guns N' Roses, what do you think their most popular song is? Sweet Child of Mine. Yep, and it's double anything else. So like Welcome to the Jungle to date has 397 million listens. Sweet Child of Mine is at 611 million. Shape of View is 2 billion. Like these guys aren't even close. Yeah, Sweet Child of Mine, <laughs> uh, you know, it crossed uh, genres, right? So old people listen to it, uh, young people listen to it. So that that doesn't surprise me at all. Man, that's just, that's crazy shit. So what are some of the bands that you've discovered from Spotify that you might not have discovered otherwise? Animal Drive is one of them, right? Because when I found out that uh, they had that new album out, Spotify was where I went and checked them out. But when it comes to like, you know how Spotify's like, they uh, suggest bands that, you know, if you like this, you might like this, yeah. right? Asking Alexandria, I had never heard of them before. They got a couple of good songs. Gamma Ray, had never heard of them before. Singer kind of sounds a little bit like Billy Idol. Camelot, because I was listening to so much Beast in Black and Battle Beast that I guess the thing thought I would like Camelot. It's pretty cool. It's like this symphonic thing with melodies, great singer. Uh, Mastodon, I had no idea who Mastodon was. It's a little screamo. Atlanta band. Miss. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I had no idea. Puddle of Mud. I had never given Puddle of Mud a shot, and uh, I like She Hates Me, Blurry, Control. There's a few. I use it more as a, hey, I heard about this band, let me go check them out, versus a band comes to me on Spotify, if that makes sense. Well, I would think that Spotify is absolutely critical for a music podcast because you and I text back and forth all the time when we discuss music we're going to be playing bands we're going to be covering. Spotify is just crucial. You send me stuff all the time and I'm like, well, let me pull that up and listen to it so that I get familiar with it and just can, you know, speak to it all the time. Hell, I mean, I don't know what we would do as a podcast without Spotify, to be honest. Yeah, I was listening because I was listening to some of the bands that I hadn't heard in a while that were on this list. I come across Man of War. And there was a song, and I'm like, oh, this got Steven written all over it. <laughs> and by the way, Manowar has 645,000 listeners a month for some reason. So I sent it to you, and you're like, what the hell is this? I liked it when I was like 10. <laughs> yeah, because Manowar was one of those bands that we liked to make fun of when we were younger because loincloths and swords and dungeons and dragons and muscles and, you know, glistening dudes. Yeah, not really... Uh, not really my thing. Death to all false metal. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so one, one of the things I absolutely hate about Spotify, and I think this is common amongst all the streaming services, is that they'll get shit wrong a lot of the time. And it's probably not their fault because 
I don't know how you get around it, but there are artists with the same name that'll release shit that like, for instance, I'll get stuff that shows up in my new release radar, this playlist that they put together when somebody releases new music from a band that either is similar to bands I listen to or like my library. I let Spotify scan my library so they know what kind of shit I listen to. And I'm a Keel fan, obviously. I like Keel. And so they put something in my Spotify release radar the other day that was something Keel. I don't know, but I knew Keel didn't have new music. I knew the Ron Keel band had new music, but not Keel straight up. So I, I click on it and I play it, and it's like this techno DJ bullshit. I was like, okay, this sucks ass. I don't know what this is. This is not Keel. But that's happened numerous times. Most recently, there was another time where some DJ named Dio (laughs) spelled the exact same way. And it's like, okay, this shit sucks. And then every once in a while, you'll go to an artist page and they'll lump in albums from a band with the same exact name, but it's a completely different band. Like, I'm trying to think of an example. Oh, uh, Zan Clan was one of them. So there's Zinny Zan, Zan Clan, Hard Rock, uh, the guy from Shotgun Messiah, etc. But then there's this The Zan Clan, I think is the name of the thing. And it's like a punk band. So completely different, but they're on the same artist page. So stuff like that happens all the time. I wish there was a way around it because pisses me off but i don't know what to tell you that happens in itunes a little bit too honestly to give you an example so keel has twenty-two thousand monthly listeners corn has 5.4 million lita ford has 501,000. like keel must not be telling people he's on spotify doesn't anybody go check though why would they check why would they why would anybody want to go check keel all right so dio has 1,910,000 listeners a month. You would think that would be a lot more, wouldn't you? I mean, maybe some of them are listening to Black Sabbath records and Black Sabbath has 6,670,000 listeners a month. Yeah, I think part of this has to do with are you in people's playlists? There's times where Spotify makes playlists of 80s rock or 80s metal or 90s rock. If you end up on one of those, like you got to imagine every 2000s playlist metal has disturbed. It's got a Ben Sevenfold. It's got Godsmack. So it's keeping their kind of listenership up where Dio's probably landing on some of those 80s ones. Europe has 4.4 million listeners. Dio has 1.9. Take it too high 
And for a new band, you want to take a guess at a new band like, let's say, Greta Van Fleet, how many listeners they have? Well, I have the number. (laughs) (laughs) Play along, would you? (laughs) 2.7 million? Yeah, 2.7 million. That's exactly right. So, I mean, that doesn't seem like that much for a brand new band. But then when you compare it to, let's, let's say, somebody like Cream, right, that's been around forever, 3750000 So not a huge difference. And maybe people are older that are Cream fans and they're not on this kind of technology or they're not down with this kind of technology, you know? Yeah, I think it's got to do with touring, new album, interviews, somebody dies, marketing, if you had a song in a movie or a TV or commercial or like, it's gotta be something like that. Damn Yankees still has 433,000 monthly listeners. Damn Yankees hasn't done anything in forever. Yeah. But they've got a couple outstanding hits that still get played today on some of the, uh, terrestrial radio stations. So I, I bet that plays a part in it. But like a band like Diamonds, they got more than 1,245 fans. Right. Like that's, my guess is Priya and the, and the group, they're not doing anything to tell people they're on Spotify. They don't market it. That's got to be my guess. But if you're a Spotify user and you listen to all this stuff, I mean, I just seek the stuff out that I want to listen to. So as a Spotify listener, I would just, if I want to listen to a Diamonds record, I'd just assume there's Diamonds there and I would go seek it out. Yeah, but you still have to tell people that, you know, listen to us on Spotify. You have to say it out loud. Otherwise, people won't know. I don't know. I don't know if I buy into that. Yeah, I don't know. One of my favorite bands had 10 listeners a week ago, but now has 16. So I guess they should be happy. (laughs) (laughs) They're making the big royalty checks. (laughs) Yeah, they went from 10 to 16. Do you know what kind of percentage that is? Dude, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) so what other fine research did you do for us um oh so the pay yeah so you get somewhere between six hundredths of a cent yeah six hundredths of a cent to eight point four hundredths of a cent so basically a million listens get you paid somewhere between six thousand to eighty four hundred dollars and you got to split that money between the record label, the producers, the artists, and songwriters. A million listens. Unless your name is Baco and you have a band like Jesus Chrysler and do everything yourself. Yes. Then your 33 cents comes straight to you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Then you don't have to split it with anything, anybody except for maybe the rest of the guys in the band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then when you go to a band's page on Spotify, there's a top five popular songs and they're not always in the they're not always sorted by listens most of the time you know it's one through five and the top one has the most listens and the fifth one has the fifth most listens but every once in a while that doesn't do that so and that's because the top five is based on the number of all-time streams which makes sense and their number of recent streams within the last 28 rolling days So if a song gets picked up on a commercial and that wasn't your number one song on Spotify, it may be number one for a while because the last 28 days people are listening to it. So it's just, it's interesting. It's cool that they got those numbers out there and visible so you can see them, 
And I don't know if it makes people change what they do. And I don't know if 31.9 million people will still listen to Queen after this movie dies off. But who knows? Yeah. So I want to talk about how this relates to uh, live shows and to the musicians themselves, because I know there's a lot of uh, mixed feelings out there about streaming. But before we do that, we need to do this. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. Okay, Growing Ups of the Week. These are the folks that shared us on Facebook and retweeted us on Twitter. Scott Gull, Todd Herrig, Daryl Alber, Chris James A., Robin Alanis, Ogata, John Clark, Mr. Shortstop 3, David Cathy, Rick Friel, Sean Middleton, Kalen Provo, Three Chord Kent, Rock Doc Wayne, Potter Than Hell, Mr. Colt Thornton, Howard Robinson, Jason Alexander, Brian Davis, Zeus, I Love It Loudcast, Dennis Talbot, Andy LaFon, Save Rock and Metal, Peter Cicery, Gary Cap, Ages of Rock Podcast, Lauren Carter, Ivan Gilsick, Doug Middleton, Steve Wright, Rodney Dixon, Lady Lake Music, Brad Rustoven, Mark Winder 8, Mike Parnell, Terry Morgan, Curtis Landcoast, David Hudson, Rich Cunningham, Jason Bluski, Brian Harris, Mark Arnold, Larry Kusick, Digital Killed Radio Star, Music Palace Radio, Jonathan Scott, Jason Kearney, BB, Tony Masalem, Gusa, Eladio, Craig Osborne, Pantheon Podcasts, Keith Rochford, Dan Nation, Mike Williams, The Power Chord Channel, Hopper, Stanley Liz for You, Russell G. Woodrum, Shout It Out Loudcast, Kevin Packard, Bill Elam, Heath Negley, Stephanie Temples, Mark Weiss, David Glynn, Curtis Shaver, Mark Adams, Tommy Gelati, Janet Eck, Trevor McDougall, Grayson Gallegos, Paul Neighbors Jr., Alan Tate, and then Restrained, thank you for all the bumper music. Stefano Viana uh, shared us and then sent us a pretty cool picture that he was rocking the uh, Grown Up Rock t-shirt, which was cool. Stryker shared us because we played him on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. And then a couple of uh, messages I got, Joel Hoffman said, great crossover episode with the Shout It Out Loud guys. Agree with some of the picks. I have quite a few popular bands I just don't like. Just to name a few big ones, Def Leppard after Pyromania, Rush, Queen, the Foo Fighters, Springsteen, and the big one, the Beatles. Nice. Uh, Jeff Lavelle said, I finally got a chance to listen to the episode. Loved it. You should consider doing more of the ones that have surveys in the future. So just a lot of people reaching out and sharing us and listening, and I appreciate it. Yep, got a few reviews and a few emails sent our way. So you can send emails to grownuprock at gmail.com and we will read them on the air or you can go to Podchaser or Apple Podcast and leave us a review. That's great as well. This one comes to us from NinerFan16. I love numbers and I love this episode talking about the falling short of number one episode It's stuff like the trivia, Diamond Albums, unique stuff like the failure episodes that keep me interested, and you guys never miss a week. Hats off to y'all. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Niner fan. Uh, This one comes to us from Vault Russ through Podchaser. I've been meaning to ask, do you pay to have 
these episodes edited must cost a <laughs> must cost a bunch because it sounds great. My top song on this list is "What About Love," uh, talking about the falling short of number one. Uh, I like that this idea was different than most podcasts. No, we don't pay to have it edited. Sonny and I do all the editing, and we take pride in what we do. So, thank you for noticing. We appreciate that. We got an awesome email sent to us from Barry Schneider. Barry said, in 1992, my wife and I saw Firehouse and Tesla in Lakeland, Florida. My wife was eight months pregnant uh, with our youngest child, our daughter, Krista. Firehouse was great. My wife said that Krista was bopping to the music beat all through their set. Then the Tesla boys hit the stage. It was at Edison's Medicine that Krista seemed to be leaping in the womb. Yes, I do that myself when I go see Tesla and Edison's Medicine is played. Uh, this continued for most of Tesla's set. We actually left a bit before the concert was over because my wife was so concerned uh, that the baby might actually come early. It was a great night and the baby calmed down on the ride home. But I will have to say the rock and roll of Tesla and Firehouse had a great influence on our daughter, Krista. Semi-unrelated, the first legible song lyrics uttered from our youngest baby were a do you want to get rocked <laughs> apologies to tesla but kudos to Def leopard uh so uh, that was really cool uh we appreciate people sharing information like that it's very cool because we're connecting with people through rock and roll uh they discovered us the podcast via frank hannon's facebook page uh, so he said that was his favorite episode so far was the Frank Cannon interview that we did. Uh, he subscribed and anticipates more great episodes. Uh, he said, by the way, one of his favorite contemporary Tesla songs is to be a man. I think that's a great song. Uh, so thank you, Barry. That was very cool. We love it when people share, uh, stuff like that. We're connecting with people and that's what this podcast is all about. Serial man 78, another great, and, uh, and unique idea. And they keep coming. I would have to say my ratings align better with Steven this time and separate ways deserves to win. Love the intro. Intro was all you on that episode, right? Uh, yeah, and he's wrong about Stephen's ratings, but you know we love you, Syria man. He's not. Uh, he's not wrong. He's he's uh, he's saying that he aligns with me, so that makes him right. How many times we got to go through this, Hollywood? Jesus. Best topic, best interviews, best sounding, best music, and great host. Growing up, rock is worth a listen. This episode, especially failure to reach number one, involved some serious research. Who is doing all the number crunching? <laughs> My head was spinning. Yet yeah, that would be Hollywood. <laughs> Thank you uh, to Audria Five Twelve A D U R I A Audria Audria Five Twelve Maybe. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, yeah, Sonny, as I pointed out earlier in the episode, is uh, got an issue. Uh, we don't know how to solve that. Uh, let's see. <laughs> this one comes to us uh, again from our friend Barry Schneider. He, he had a comment uh, about the Striker episode. While I was listening to the tracks by Striker that were played on the podcast, I kept thinking the vocals sound so familiar, but I just couldn't place it. Then at the end, Sonny mentions the John Sykes vocal thing. 
with Dan Cleary, and bam, he's right. Uh, thanks for sharing this ban uh, and the others mentioned in the episode. So uh, hopefully we turned a new guy on to some striker rock and roll. And uh, you said he sounds like John Sykes, yeah? Yeah, Barry, you're a good act, man. Just keep saying Hollywood is right, and that'd be awesome. Okay, yeah. Because that's true. It's not true. You're right 15% of the time. I did the number crunching. Wow. <laughs> Whatever. All right, let's it's at get... least 51%. No, definitely not in the majority. You're not right that much at all. Anyway, let's get back to this. This is a fucking Catalina wine mixer. All right, so before we took that little break, I said I wanted to find out how we felt about... I mean, there's a controversy that people say, well, if you're doing streaming service, you're doing a disservice to the bands and the people that create music. But I got to be honest, I know a lot of musicians, professional and otherwise, that use Spotify or Apple uh, Music. So really, I I don't know if I buy into that. I understand. I wish the music industry was different. I wish that this music that I love so much, whether it's new or old or ancient in case of the who, I wish them all well and I wish that it would pay right. And I agree that it's an art form that's probably getting jacked right now. But reality of the situation is I love music and if this is the easiest way to get what I want, then I got to take it. I don't, you know, and it's not like Napster, like I'm not stealing out of somebody's pocket, but I will tell you that For my favorite bands, I go to their websites, and I still buy physical products. So, I mean, I I got the last Queensryche record. I got the last Israeli record. I'll get the new Eclipse record. Like, there's just things that I want because I know it's the right thing to do for the musician. But reality is, it's too easy to use Spotify. I love it too much not to do it. All right. Well, here's how I look at this, okay? I discover bands all the time, just like I told you on Spotify. So I'll use a band like Beast in Black, for instance. This is a band that I discovered. I then flipped them over to Sonny. Sonny discovered it, loved it. So bam, we got a new band we like.
I would have never heard of Beast in Black otherwise. But not only did I hear of them through Spotify, I got to play them, got to decide whether I liked it, went out and bought their record, their latest release. And now, if Beast in Black shows up in my town, I'm going to get a notification. And I'm going to go see Beast in Black play a live show. I'm just saying. And you can use that scenario for any number of bands that I discovered through Spotify. So that's my point. I'm going to go see them live. I might buy a piece of merchandise while I'm there, but I've already purchased a record. And this is all stuff that in the old days would have never happened unless I read about them in a magazine or something. But uh, I think we all agree that the reach is much wider with something like this. Yeah. You, do you know anything about Beast and Black, by the way? I don't know a whole lot about them other than the record that I can't seem to stop listening to for the past couple of weeks. And they didn't remind you of anybody? Uh, yeah, I guess if I had to pick a band that they remind me most about uh, recently would be sort of like a Battle Beast or something like that. So they're connected. So Anton, who's the guitar player here, left Battle Beast in 2015. He was Battle Beast's sole writer all the way up to Unholy Savior in 2015 and then left because Nura wanted to kind of take the band a little more poppy and a little more symphonic and he wanted to stay more hard-edged. So that's where Beast and Black came in. That's why they sound similar. There you go. I have to admit, I've tried the Battle Beast and didn't like it quite as much or didn't connect with me like Beast and Black did. And typically, I'm not a big symphonic metal guy. I don't technically like a whole lot of symphonic metal, but for whatever reason, this latest record connects with me and I dig it. And I, I've been listening to this one a lot. Yeah, I was also thinking, you think people make mistakes like they're looking for Halloween music and they type in Halloween by mistake or something? Well, I mean, that's, that's an interesting question, but wouldn't you have to kind of like that type of music anyway to begin with? I mean, because... Yeah, but they got a million monthly listeners. Halloween. Come on, dude. That's got to be a mistake. Dude, I don't know. Halloween's been around for a seriously long time. Oh, who cares? Yuck. Well, I'm just saying, though, they probably have built a following. They got a core following. They're kind of like... Halloween kind of fits that same, uh, and let's look and see if you got the numbers on them, but Halloween kind of fits that same area as like an overkill. Yeah, over overkill's on the list. 211,000. Yeah, so I was going to say I am a little surprised that their numbers are that much lower than Halloween, but Halloween, man, they've been around for a while. German metal, baby. Yuck. <laughs> I, I I don't know enough about them. You don't like them. Didn't they have a pretty successful record back in the 80s that connected with a lot of people? I think they did. I'm sure they did, but I, I don't get it. You don't dig it, huh? No, no. <laughs> so there was a bunch of these bands that I had not heard on this list, right? And, you know, just to give you an idea, A Day to Remember, All That Remains, As I Lay Dying, Bring Me the Horizon, Drowning Pool, Gore. Like, there's some of these bands I had, I had heard of them, but I had never heard them. Oh, my God, there's a lot of Screamo-type vocal bands. Good <laughs> Lord, do they suck. I mean, it's, it's just angry crap. Dude, refer to our episode a few weeks back. One man's crap is another man's awesomeness. You know how many texts I got this week saying I hate Rush 2? 
I've been getting texts all week. <laughs> Believe me, I got the same text about bands like Disturbed. So <laughs> don't feel bad. I guarantee you Rush is not crying all the way to the bank. <laughs> whether you whether you like them or not like them, they're not hanging their hats on Sunny Hollywood liking them some Rush music. Although I did hear you slip up on another podcast and say that you actually watched the Time Stand Still documentary. Oh, I did. Uh, I did. It was a good documentary, right? It was a good documentary, and I was I was wondering. I'm like, maybe I'm missing something. You know, let me just kind of listen. And the documentary was good. Yeah. I just did not enjoy the music. Yeah. I thought the story's cool. And uh, I can appreciate anybody's story that's, you know, that's had an interesting life, I guess. But uh, I was thinking maybe it connect me to the music a little bit, and it did not help. Yeah. Have you seen the uh, Beyond the Lighted Stage doc yet? No, I have not. The, the Rush? That's the one I would have watched first. I mean, the time stand still is good. It just focuses more on this last tour that they did, but... The Beyond the Lighted Stage is a is the cool uh, doc to watch, and, and then all we gotta do is get you to watch that Eagles documentary. I can't find the Eagles documentary anymore. It's not on Netflix anymore. Yeah, it's not on Netflix anymore, and I don't think it's on Amazon right now either. But they'll come back at some point, I'm sure. Uh, I can't even remember what the name of that Eagles documentary is now, but I think it's just called The History of the Eagles. But yeah, those docs are are awesome watching whether you like or not like those bands. They're just good documentaries. All right, so what else we want to talk about here before we wrap this whole thing up? So our podcast is on Spotify, but it doesn't have monthly listener numbers on there, does it? No, the podcast doesn't have uh, monthly listeners, and I have to be honest with you. So I tried to get myself in the habit of listening to podcasts on Spotify, and I listened to a few of them. But for whatever reason, I keep going back to my Apple podcast app. How do you listen to your podcast? Uh, 99% of the time, it's on Apple Music, on, on iTunes. I wonder why that is. Like, I wonder why I can't get used to listening to podcasts on a different platform or, or whatever. I guess it's just familiarity on how uh, Apple podcast app works. Uh, you know, I'm talking about the app itself. I'm a PC user, but I'm a Apple phone guy. I mean, that's the difference. Yeah. And I'm in the same boat. If I'm anywhere where I have headphones in, obviously I'm listening to the phone. So I'm doing it through Apple podcasts, but if I'm at work and have it as background, I'm usually playing it through Podchaser. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what's, uh, what's up with that. I would be curious you guys let us know out there you're listening uh how you listen to your podcast which platform you use to listen to podcast i'm just curious uh and why and why do you use that particular platform is it easy to use or you know what do you like about it versus some of the other platforms or whatever i'm trying to find a new podcast platform to listen to my podcast i was wondering what's best out there and if you're a Spreaker user that listens to our podcast, find a different way to listen to that. <laughs> we only have the last three episodes on Spreaker every time. I have to delete episodes to upload new episodes because I'm not paying two different hosting services. You know, we get a few listens every week through Spreaker, but I'm just wondering why, why Spreaker and not you know, something else where all our episodes are available. I don't know. 
You know, I was thinking something else, like go back to the screamo and Cookie Monster vocals. So I, I felt a little bit like a parent, right? I'm listening to this going, what is this crap, right? And I'm thinking every parent was probably saying that to their kids back in the 80s too. So I guess, you know, that's just sign of the times. But I was also thinking this stuff is not, it has a clock on it. Like Disturb can't do what they're doing at 70. You know what I mean? Some of these Cookie Monster guys, they can't do it till they're 60, 70 years old. No, I don't know. I, I just, I guess I don't get it, but... Uh, Who cares? We all listen to that <laughs> shit anyway. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about, uh, since we're just kind of on this thing, do you like it when rock music or popular music that you really liked is getting used on commercials now that, you know, D. Snyder's selling off, we're not going to take it to tampon commercials? Nah, that shit never bothers me. I, you know, anytime, listen, anytime I hear rock and roll versus some kind of rap crap in a public advertisement, I'm all for it. Like, what was it? There was a movie uh, trailer on, and I, I don't remember what movie trailer it is now. It might have been some comic book hero trailer or something, but there was a new movie trailer I saw recently. And they were using, they were still using Highway Song from Greta Van Fleet, uh, which that now is a couple years old and off the EP. And they've since released, you know, a couple of records since then. I'm just, I'm all for anytime I hear any kind of rock and roll, new or old, in the public presence. You know what I mean? Because it seems like to me, like whether it's a sporting event or whether it's, just some meeting, some conference, something going on. It seems like the genre of choice now is hip hop or rap or something of that nature uh, or some tween like pop crap. I just, I very rarely hear rock and roll anymore. Now I, that excludes like, the hell's bells and the welcome to the jungles at football games and stuff like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about more like conferences and uh, just, you know, monster truck things and shit like that. Because, you know, I see all that stuff now working concert security and I listen and uh, all I hear is, is crap. I don't hear rock and roll. Yeah. I like it. I think uh, anytime that, the music that I love is integrated somewhere. It's nice. There's a sitcom called Superstore. Have you ever seen that sitcom? Yeah, I love it. And a lot of the times they'll have like 80s yes. elevator music playing in the background. Like it's so cool to hear. It's really cool because it's always out of the blue and it's always random shit. That's why I like it. And it's hard to figure out sometimes because they kind of do an elevator music style, right? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes they'll just flat out play the song, and it and it makes me laugh because it is super random. Yeah. Now, does uh, the other thing on Spotify I was thinking about, like, does the Michael Sweets of the world control, like, Michael Sweet stuff will go on the Michael Sweet page, and Striper stuff will go on the Striper page, or is it more beneficial to him to have it together or separate, or does it matter, or who cares, or... I don't know if he cares, but as a consumer, I think that it's better because, I mean, in a situation like that, it's clearly, uh, it's clearly solo material, so I think it should be separate. 
you know, you wouldn't have Ted Nugent and Amboy Dukes all on the same artist page, I wouldn't think. Wow. You went from the Who to the Amboy Dukes on this fucking podcast. Dude, can you come back to the <laughs> century that you live in? Just, like, what the hell is wrong with you? I just thought about it. I don't know. Oh, my God. Amboy Dukes? Ted Nugent Jesus. and Amboy Dukes. Oh, 69, I think? That was kind of random, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. You damn kids get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's really bad. Okay, you wouldn't have Guns N' Roses and Velvet Revolver on the same artist page. How's that? You wouldn't have Slash and Guns N' Roses on the same artist page. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, so that's how I look at it. It's easier for me. I don't, I don't know... Because I think, uh, well, no, not in Spotify. On this other thing, when I was looking, I was purchasing these records. They had the Kiss solo records lumped in with the Kiss records. And they still had Ace Frehley solo records. And to me, like, I know they were Kiss records, but I would have kind of put those in the solo artist section. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, they're technically under the Kiss moniker, so, you know, so be it. You know, some of these guys, wasn't it Taylor Swift that was fighting against Spotify? Like, there was artists that were fighting against Spotify, like, you're not putting my stuff on there. But reality is, is that that artist is basically saying F you to every 16-year-old out there? She, like, that's not a good idea. She caved in anyway. Yeah, she did, but she she hung in there for a while. She did. I You know, I don't know. I I can't get wrapped up in all that shit. As a consumer, that's how I have to approach shit. I love music. Exactly what you said earlier. I love music. I want to listen to music. And this is the most convenient way for me to do it. And I'm still buying products, so I don't feel like I'm I don't feel like I'm screwing the artist in any way, shape, or form. I'm paying my monthly subscription. I'm going to concerts. I'm buying merchandise. I'm buying physical uh well technically downloads but whatever so go off my lawn <laughs> <laughs> all right well you know we always got to tie it to kiss so you wanted the best and you got the best the hottest band in the world kiss it's time for your historic moment on growing up rock Okay, so for the historic moment, wanted to talk Paul a little bit. So Paul's probably not a happy guy because he's got 126,000 monthly listeners, and his buddy Ace has more than double that. (laughs) 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 So when people say, you know, do you love Paul, do you love Ace on Spotify, obviously everybody loves Ace a little more. Paul's top five songs uh, popularity-wise is Lift which was off of Live to Win, 286,000 listens, Lifetime. Number four is It's All Right, had 321,000 listens. That's off his 78 solo album. Wouldn't You Like to Know Me, off his 78 solo album, had 506,000 listens. Number two was Tonight You Belong to Me, also off the 78 album, which had 1.21 million listens. But then it jumps from 1.21 million in second place to 9.54 million in the number one spot 
And most people would not guess that this is the most popular Paul Stanley song written by Paul Desmond Child and Andreas Carlson, the title track from 2006 solo release, Live to Win. Degraded Down before you're done Rejection Depression Can't get what you want You ask me how I made my way You ask me everywhere and why You hang on every word I say But the truth sounds like a Is that the first time we played Live to Win on here? Yeah, that's uh, we played Lift once. Lift, okay. Yeah. I personally, I like Goodbye <laughs> off the 78 solo. <laughs> uh, hey, tell me this. Do, uh, do you have the stat on uh, how many streams Peter Chris has? Because I bet it's not more than five or six. Uh, you'd be surprised. Peter Chris has 30,000. Monthly listeners. He's the least of all four of them, isn't he? Uh, Gene is 32. at 
32,000. Yeah. Yeah. So 32, and then Ace and Paul are, are leading the bunch, right? Yep. And Vinny even has 39,000. The Vinny Vincent invasion. Yep. See, and that, that's what gets me is Vinny Vincent's got 39,000. He's not doing nothing. But Voodoo Circle released a new album. It's only got 6,800 listeners. Dude, let's be honest, though. Of that 39,000, only 10,000 of them showed up, though. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like White Lion has 856,000 monthly listeners. White Lion hasn't done shit in how long? Yeah, but it's, I'm telling you, it's, you got to measure the, you have to measure the material itself, man. I guarantee you like a song that, okay, they had two songs that I guarantee you are crossover adult contemporary songs, uh, wait. And, um, when the children cry, both of those songs are being listened to by grandmas. I guarantee it. So it's, I think it's the type of, of stuff or the type of hits that they may have had at that point in time that keep, that keep that catalog alive, you know? Well, they lost 20,000 listeners from three days ago, so <laughs> they're on the downstream. That's too easy to look at. Dude, I could get caught up in these numbers forever. Dude, you're going to be one of those dudes when we open up the blacked out curtains in your house, you you shun because the sunlight hits your eyes and burns your retinas because people will go, will go looking for you because, hey, has anybody heard or seen Hollywood? Nope, not in the last four weeks. Where's Hollywood at? <laughs> wow. All right, so the number one Y&T song is Summertime Girls. What's the number two song? Number two song for Y&T, I'm going to go with Rescue Me. Not even in the top five. Okay, I'm going to go with Mean Street. That's third. I'm going to go with Don't Stop Running. That's number two. So that's, so that's right then, right? Number one is uh, Summertime Girls. Number two, Don't Stop Running. Number yep. three, Mean Street and... Rock and roll is going to save the world is number four. Really? Yeah. That's kind of surprising. I like that song, yeah. but yeah, that's a little surprising. Well, nice little episode. I hope people learned a little bit about streaming. I would say as just a summary, stream, if you feel good about it, it's easy to do. It's worth the money. It makes listening to a bunch of music really, really simple. But then I will tell you on the other side, for your favorite artists and especially the guys in rock and metal that need as much money as possible. If you have the opportunity to buy physical product, go buy it off their website. You can get a lot of it signed. Like they'll, you know, the CD's 17 bucks and they'll sign it and no cost. Right. And it's kind of cool to have that kind of stuff, especially from, you know, people that maybe you deem as your faves or your heroes or, or who made a, you know, a difference in your life. And, so physical product's still out there to buy, but this streaming stuff is worth it. Yeah, if you like it, there's no reason not to buy it. I just, uh, uh, that's exactly what I would tell you, the exact same thing. Uh, support your local bands, and for sure, if you like it, go out and support them live. If they're in your neighborhood, that's important as well, or buy a piece of merch. That's how we keep these bands going these days. Uh, but streaming services, I would tell everybody out there, you can literally get a year's worth of streaming for free. You can try out all those services. Most of them will give you a three-month free or a three-month for 99-cent type package. I just put it on my calendar when to cancel it 
So I'll start a membership and say, I'm going to cancel this three months from now and I'm going to try the next one. And that's exactly what I did until I ended up settling on Spotify. And Spotify is where I'm at now. I pay 10 bucks a month, $9.99. I get the free Hulu, you know, Hulu with commercials, which is okay. I can put up with that. Uh, and it's well worth it. So uh, I don't think we could do this podcast without Spotify. The way Sonny and I communicate bands and listen to music these days, we're, I mean, it's, it's a love, so to speak. <laughs> and by the way, wine in a box is two for five. So go get yours today. Thank you for listening. Talk to you later. See ya. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. make sure you subscribe to our podcast Growing Up Rock and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.